Welcome to Something Positive for Positive People. I'm Courtney Brain. Today's episode is going to tap into discordant dating. Discordant dating is where one partner is, in this context, positive for herpes, and the other is not positive for herpes, or at least they are unaware of what their status is. This is something that I've covered once on the podcast episode and I interviewed a couple and it's, it's really long um, and old and I really just want to revisit that topic um, from a few different angles. Uh, I'm working with the Pornhub Sexual Wellness Center on blog articles. Uh, I, I get a little insecure sometimes about the fact that it seems like all I talk about is herpes when there's so much more complexity to the work that I do. Um, but I'm attempting to get into expanding in these different spaces and territories. Um, the Pornhub Sexual Wellness Center is somewhere that I've blogged before, um, at least a handful of times, but um, I'm wanting to continue to put the message out there in places that um, need to hear it. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm going to talk about discordant dating. And before starting that, I want to make a few brief announcements. Um, one is that of course, the Something Positive for Positive People Conference is happening May 23rd, 2024. That is on a Thursday. It's virtual. We're starting at 10 a.m. And then we will end at 4 p.m. And this is Central Standard Time. OK, so that's going to be 8 a.m. start time Pacific and a 2 p.m. end time. And then Eastern Time, that's 11 to 5 p.m. And that's Eastern time. OK, uh, this conference, we're going to analyze the herpes stigma survey data that we've uh, been collecting. We've gotten more than twelve hundred responses so far. And uh, our principal investigator, her name is Megan. She's going to analyze the data, put it together in a presentation and then present it as the keynote speaker of this conference. All right. And with that, what we're going to do is we're going to create some tools and resources for people who are living with herpes to be able to use it for disclosures and navigating uh, discussions about your sexual health status with partners. Uh, so that alone will be, you know, worth the cost of admission to come to the conference. Uh, tickets are on sale right now for $55. After uh, February, these ticket prices are going to go up to $75. And that's going to be the general admission price. That's what everybody's going to have to pay who didn't buy a ticket when it was on early bird uh, sale. Um, this is a really good price for such a conference. Um, it's something that hopefully over the years will be in person. And the more engagement that I get from people, uh, the more involvement from people who are herpes positive, the more that we can do. So that might look like having an in-person conference uh, that might look like, uh, you know, there, there's a lot that it can be. And I don't want to speak too much about what's possible versus what is. So we have that right now. Um, I am evolving the herpes support groups 
to be centered around um, restorative yoga practice. So restorative yoga for people with herpes. That's what we're looking at. <laughs> All right. So uh, that's that's going to be what the support groups are now. Um, if you need one on one support, I at this point in time, uh, this will change over time. But I just ask that people send proof of a donation and then we arrange a time for us to speak on the phone. That's how the support calls work. Um, I'm not going to continue to give, you know, the guidance that I give and the caliber and quality of guidance that I'm giving uh, on social media. Like if you want to talk, send proof of a donation and then we can get on the phone. And that's just that's how that works for support calls. OK, um, on March 1st, I am going to begin uh, leading a restorative yoga practice that is themed and inspired by letting go by david r hawkins okay so when you hear that i I want you to think a book club for yoga right but you aren't responsible for reading it's going to be me i've read this book several times and um i've created an outline of what i want to talk about so we're not going to stretch and do what you know um young white women and lululemon have done to yoga what we're going to be doing is there might be a little bit of movement Okay, so we might do some poses. Things are going to be on the floor. It's just going to depend on what these forms say uh, as I look through and see uh, who's filling them out. Like I am learning about what people's accessibility needs are. And as I learn what their accessibility needs are, I'm able to structure the um, movement around those things but i will be utilizing the letting go technique in the support groups for sure and between march 1st and may 19th we will host 20 yoga sessions all right so i'm encouraging people now to get on to something positive for positive people membership so that uh you can access the materials and you can attend the classes uh, because this is only going to be for members. I'm not letting people drop in. I'm not letting people uh, make a donation and join. This is exclusively for members. You must be a member. okay? And after February 10th, uh, if you want to participate in these monthly or in these uh, yoga classes, you're going to have to subscribe monthly at uh, the top tier, which is going to be $50 a month. That's available at at this point in time. All right. So even if you join for five dollars, ten dollars a month right now, you will have access to 20 of these classes. This is a whole series, y'all. And this series is going to be on letting go. And the letting go technique is something that has served me tremendously, not just with my herpes diagnosis and releasing my feelings about stigma, but also um, in my personal life, the way that I communicate with people. This has been something integrated into the way that I host the podcast, the way that I work and run the nonprofit, how I communicate with people about dating and disclosure, as well as how I communicate with um, the healthcare providers and what it means to be stigma free. Okay. Um, 
So, yeah, please visit www.spfpp.org slash yoga. And that is how you register and uh, you can become a member. All of the instructions are right there. I put a video which summarizes the content on the website as well. So please take a look, listen and read and you'll know how to sign up. And then don't forget about the conference uh, that is spfpp.org slash conferences with an S. Okay, and that'll take you to the registration page. You can read more about the conference. I put a lot of detail there and uh, yeah, you'll be able to purchase tickets. Okay, now let's get into the content uh, for today. And uh, we're talking about discordant dating. Um, I myself have had partners who do have herpes, don't have herpes uh, and don't know whether or not that they have herpes. Okay. And what I've come to learn throughout my experience dating and navigating the stigma of dating with herpes is if somebody likes you, they like you. And there's really nothing that you can do to make them not like you except for, you know, be disrespectful or, uh, you know, not receive what they're doing not receive their attempts to connect with you right so um starting from the first relationship that i got into after my herpes diagnosis was with someone who uh knew someone who had herpes so i i want to take a little bit time here and touch on that because I don't know that she would have received my disclosure to her as well as she did had she not known someone close to her who had tested positive for herpes, right? Because she was able to not only have a point of reference of someone who she valued, loved, respected, uh, and, and see them as somebody with herpes, which overwrites the belief that a person with herpes might be, you know, we look at the myths of herpes, right? They're dirty or they're not safe with their sexual partners. So a person who knows nobody living with herpes only has that to go off of. Whereas someone who does know someone who's living with herpes, they have a a new starting point and this starting point is <clears throat> going to be what their reference point is of uh the reference point for an, a face with it right because herpes itself doesn't have a face it just has a stigma whereas our family members our friends our uh lovers There's a face, there's a personality, there's character traits. There are all of these other things that come with uh, that come with, you know, people that we know when we humanize the virus, it's putting a face to it, it sort of puts a story to the condition. And of course, that's what something positive for positive people has done over the years, which is give, you know, not just people who have herpes hope for dating and hearing from the experiences of other people navigating stigma. <clears throat> but it also gives uh, a face and a personality and character and um, all of these 
intangible aspects of being human. And then it's like, oh, by the way, you know, herpes is something that this human has. Right. And that first relationship, I believe, really shaped um, my views on dating and disclosure, especially to someone who doesn't have herpes all these years later. Uh, I've been thinking about that relationship as I wanted to cover this topic because there are components to it that you know, I believe are relatable by different people. So the first piece that I've spoken on is that she knew someone who had herpes. And so we were able to continue the relationship after she spoke to this person and got some understanding. And I imagine that uh, when this person that she talked to about herpes, you know, found out that I had herpes, that this person, you know, spoke very you know, positively of, you know, me. And now this was years ago. This was shortly after I was first diagnosed. But this uh, other person, like, I imagine had my back, y'all. Like, so knowing someone who has herpes, right? If a person who doesn't have it that we disclose to knows someone who has it, it makes it a lot easier for us because we don't have to do that work. Someone that they know, love and trust is capable of doing that work. So when we know someone who is living with herpes or us as people who have herpes, knowing that someone knows us, there's a seed planted for success for others who might have herpes and might end up in uh, a dating or on a date or, you know, about to be sexual with the person that knows about our status. Right. So if, if a friend of ours who doesn't know anything about herpes learns something about herpes from us, then they go on and date and someone tells them they have herpes. We've we kind of we kind of wingman that shit for them. And there's something to be said about that because it does take so much of the burden off of the person, the people who are having to initiate the conversation. Think about how good it feels when you've disclosed your herpes status to somebody and they respond with, Oh, yeah, you know, I, I know someone who has that or oh, that's that's not that bad. Um, my friend told me this about it. Right. That is so much better of a response than uh, all right, I need to read up on it. And, you know, it's not something that people should read up on. And this is something uh, that we're working on is something positive for positive people, which is integrating the understanding key terminology language uh, that is stigma free from what we've learned from people with herpes into sex education and STD prevention, right? So we are in the process of actively going out and training uh, sexual health care providers on providing stigma-free care. We are working on that, y'all. Um, and it's another way of people being connected to the uh, herpes resources and having an understanding of uh, stigma to where uh, the burden isn't on us. 
So when I talk to and train sexual health care providers on providing stigma free communication, that communication translates to their patients, that communication that transfers to their patients also translates to the dating climate we're in in society. So as we talk about things in a stigma free way, I even have a presentation uh, that's coming up later today. That's why I can't sleep. It's, it's 3 a.m. It's 3.30, almost 4 a.m. I have a presentation at 4 p.m. on uh, uh, stigma minimization, talking to sex educators who teach youth. So this is going to be new for me. I'm going to be talking about this to youth because um now we're, we're going to be instilling this information in it's middle schoolers, sixth graders, uh, talking to them about this. So I have to adjust my language significantly. And uh, I want to give a shout out to somebody for helping me with this presentation. Uh, she's been in the school system and taught like youth. Um, and I want to I want to do this right. I want to do this right. I want to work to be in every space that I can to minimize the impacts of stigma, which I've seen over the years, um, really hit hard for people. Okay. But one of the ways is for us as people who are living with herpes to be able to disclose our status to someone we know so that they can have that, uh, that reference point of what someone who has herpes, you know, looks like and how they behave, right? Uh, staying on this relationship, um, yes, it's a discordant relationship. Yes, we started out, we were together. Uh, there were some things that along the relationship uh, happened. <laughs> uh, I always reference this relationship where um, my partner was okay with it until she wasn't okay with it. So, um, I remember there was a day we were having sex and I know she had just gotten tested for STIs and I was on top of her missionary. And I remember that she like started to cry and I was like, you good? She was like, I, I can't do this. And I withdrew and I went to the bathroom and I, Put, I put it together in my head that, oh, she just got tested, the results came back negative, and she has a second chance, right? Um, a second chance of not having herpes rather than engaging in a relationship with someone who does have herpes and putting herself at risk every time that we have sex for getting herpes, okay? Perfectly valid. Nothing wrong with that. That's what she chose to do. Um this relationship and the way that that happened could have jaded me and made me withdraw and only date people who have herpes to avoid that. Now, you can only date people who have herpes. There's nothing wrong with that. I invite you to look at your intention behind it. Are you doing it because you are avoiding the realities of the potential rejection or are you doing so because that's what you genuinely want to do i hear from a lot of people who they will um not date outside their status <laughs> um 
the lonely day people who have herpes and there's like this sense of high moral standard or something where they're like oh i'm so much better than you because i only date within my status right so it's just like this snobby the snobbiness is very prevalent in the herpes community Right. And what I mean by that is you can be a herpes type snob like, oh, you have type two. Uh, I have type one. So this won't work. And what we're doing is we're disqualifying potential, potentially really good partners for us in ways that matter more so than ways that don't matter. Y'all herpes is herpes. It ain't been a person that I came across who, uh, you know, didn't have herpes, who, when I told them I had HSV2 versus HSV1 cared more about what type it was than, you know, what it is. Whereas people who have herpes are more discriminatory towards the type of herpes that you have than people who don't have it, who, you know, want to date you moving forward. So I have type one and I have type two. Um, when I only had type two, I remember there was someone who I went on a date with and we met on that dating site. And on that dating site, uh, her profile said type two, nothing else. And I remember we were in my car and I was driving and we just were having a conversation and she made a mention of type one. And so while she was talking, and this is bad, I pulled my phone out, you know, she's she's talking, I'm driving, and I look, and I went to her profile, and I saw that type one was magically on there now all of a sudden. And when we talked again, we, I, I made a comment, I was like, hey, you know, I feel a little bit deceived and lied to that, you know, you told me that you only had type two, that's what was on your profile, and now you've you're talking to me about type one. Like, I, I don't want to do this. And, you know, in hindsight, I feel bad. And I, I was able to later apologize to her. This was years, years later. Like, I started the podcast and I've honestly become a completely different person uh, than I was before I started something positive for positive people. All for the best, for sure. Um, but I don't like that I was that person who discriminated for the type, but I didn't know anything. And a lot of people just don't know anything. Not only that, but they don't know any people to have any sort of point of reference for herpes and what that means. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I don't tell people what to do. I just kind of tell them, you know, what to think about. And one of the things that I want people to think about is being able to challenge yourself. Let yourself disclose your status to someone close to you and be that point of reference for someone else. My greatest healing has come through the offerings of something positive for positive people and being here and being there for other people. Right. And so this is one way that you can show up for other people by just being the point of reference that somebody has for when, you know, someone tells them that they have herpes so that that person can be supported. Because I, I know that y'all don't know this, but podcast guests and people who share your experiences with me, you give me a point of reference that is relatable to people for when I do these one on one calls. When I facilitate these support groups or when I'm 
hosting the yoga class, right? You give me a point of reference to relate to people and y'all have much more of an impact on people than you would ever imagine knowing that you have, right? Um, This is me talking. I'm in a very unique place to where people are able to access me and I'm able to access, you know, the information bank stored within my brain and on the podcast uh, feed of um, experiences shared with me by so many other people. Now, um, again, just going back to people who don't have herpes, really don't care what type of herpes you have. If they like you, they like you. And we can get so caught up in our head about, you know, oh, my God, this person doesn't have herpes. And I do. I'm going to be extra careful. Uh, I'm going to work on I'm going to jump on antivirals. And we will preemptively make decisions for ourselves, for them that can actually impact the relationship negatively long term. And one of the ways that that looks is. First, per, ooh, perfect example. So story time. When before I started something positive for positive people, I started the podcasting in 2017. OK, it was probably. Yeah, it was early 2017 or late 2016 when I was dating. I was on the dating app and I, I saw that there were people talking about you know, how their diagnosis made them want to end their lives. Uh, but there was a young woman who I had become friends with. Uh, this was a black lady. And, um, I remember that she shared with me that she was in a relationship and she really just wanted to make friends with men to have like an idea of what to expect for when her boyfriend, ended up testing positive for herpes because she disclosed to him. She got the best response you can get. Well, baby, if you got it, we got it. Right? I ain't going nowhere. All right. She seemed to be in her career successful. And uh, she and I had become friends. <clears throat> and the the herpes thing would come up often. And, you know, I just would share her share with her my feedback and my experience on the symptoms part of it. And then there was a day where she said to me, she said, can I tell you something? I was like, yeah. She's like, well, I think about killing myself or I thought about killing myself because of my herpes diagnosis. And I, I just I was so shocked. I was shocked. My initial shock was black people don't do that shit. And then, you know, over time, I became exposed to uh, people who weren't part of my culture. And <laughs> I learned that um, actually, yeah. That's not a black people thing. It's a people thing. Or I'm sorry, it's not a black people thing to not, you know, kill yourself. Right. And then I started to, as I grew up and evolved in this space, see that the mental health impacts affect different communities differently, which is a different conversation. But I was so I was shocked. And, you know, this is the story that led to me looking at this or being more on the lookout for it and then starting to interview people about their experiences um, navigating herpes stigma. So this woman was in this discordant relationship and yet still she was so proactive for her significant other who could care less about what her uh, 
status was and what the symptoms were. And I imagine that it affected their relationship. I imagine that, you know, on one hand, uh, you have this, I need to be on my best behavior. I need to do no wrong because this person is making the sacrifice of being with me, even though I have an STD. That's where a lot of people's heads are at when they get into discordant relationships or dating situations. And we might hover around like constantly checking their genitals when we are sexually active to make sure that they don't have anything visible showing. Anytime that other person gets sick, we're hyper vigilant uh, to to be on top of, oh my God, is it herpes? Do you think it's herpes? Uh, Here, you can take some of my antivirals whenever people get sick. And I I see it, y'all, I see it. I have seen it. You know, I've I've been guilty of it. But that's because there was a lack of self-trust, self-respect, and there was this element of self-rejection that was so prevalent in me (laughs) because of not feeling worthy of a relationship that this thing that I made such a big deal out of, my herpes status, was so insignificant compared to the more important things. Like that wasn't, that just wasn't it. And uh, I've also, you know, been in relationships, uh, well, in that relationship, you know, that one ended, but uh, I went into uh, other relationships where my partner didn't have herpes. And because they were accepting of my diagnosis, I tolerated so many things that I just shouldn't have. And I was with people that I shouldn't have been with. And, you know, people uh, were with me and they shouldn't have been with me. But <clears throat> I never once let that fear of you know, giving somebody herpes, you know, I, and because what happens is you take away their choice, right? Their choice in a matter. If they say they're okay with it, then we have to believe they're okay with it. I've never taken away somebody's choice of being with me, you know, once it's happened, but like preemptively, I would disqualify myself from potential partners because of my beliefs and feelings around my diagnosis. So if you're someone who, you know, you're you're dating and, you know, maybe you're a little bit resistant to dating people who don't have herpes or putting yourself out there to people who don't have herpes or you notice that you've got crippling emotions about yourself and stigma uh, because of your diagnosis, please, I invite you to check out the SPFPP slash yoga tab. on the website so that you can see how yoga can benefit releasing those negative emotions that are interconnected with herpes stigma. All right. I believe that this is a powerful tool for supporting people through navigating herpes stigma. And I, as far as I know, I'm the only person who is at least open about it. Uh, I might even just start branding myself as uh, the herpes yogi or yogi with herpes, right? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, like <clears throat> I, it, it all really starts within. It starts from within. Our unwillingness to date 
or pursue relationships with people who don't have herpes, I believe is centered around our sense of self-worth. You know, we don't believe ourselves to be worthy of the kind of relationship that prioritizes these compatibility pieces that have nothing to do with herpes. And that's on us because of our feelings, like our fear of rejection, our fear of passing this virus on to somebody else and being responsible for giving them the stigma and becoming the person that we might, you know, have really negative emotions towards. We may have really bad emotions towards, you know, the person who gave us herpes or that might even be misdirected because we think we know who gave us herpes and it ended up not being it it may not be that person. So we might be wasting unnecessary emotion power on something that's irrelevant on somebody who, you know, they didn't actually give us herpes, but we assume they did because we don't really we, we can't really know. Now, if you know, you know, of course, but we're we can't allow for that situation, those people to have us harboring negative emotions about ourselves and people that we don't know and won't allow ourselves to get to know because we're projecting our beliefs about stigma and ourselves onto these other people that we might date or end up in a relationship with. So um, just in, in concluding that, like to be in a discordant relationship, the priority doesn't need to be on the herpes. It really needs to be on your compatibility because that's what the other person's looking at. If they choose to be in a relationship with you, they know the risk that they're taking. And we have to trust that they know the risk that they're taking. Be able to answer whatever questions that they might have. Trust that they are doing their own research and that they're with you because of you. And if you have trouble accepting and receiving that, I deeply invite you to join the Something Positive for Positive People membership. Um, join at the tier at which, you know, I'm, I'm asking people to join at the $25 a month tier for the yoga classes. But uh, at this point, until February 10th, 2024, you can join at any tier and you will have access to the uh, yoga classes in the cohort. Now, this is going to be something that, again, is 20 sessions. I'm not piecemealing this to anybody. Everyone who is registered is going to get the 20 classes. And if you can't make the live classes, you'll have access to the recordings. We're, we're, I'm making that happen. All right. So spfpp.org slash yoga to sign up for that and then become a member. And you'll have access once uh, the email goes out with the links to everything okay um i yeah i'm I'm open to questions like i I, i've revamped the website to where people can comment on well that's always been the thing people just haven't commented (laughs) but the website is up i'm doing more through there than i am on social media just the the value isn't there for me anymore because of the limitations that are being placed on uh sex educators and people who work in the field of sex and stis and um even, you know, I think even STD prevention, because I'll talk about that kind of stuff. And, you know, these are generally uh, topics that don't 
perform well on social media. So uh, I've been putting a lot of time into the website. You'll notice when you go to it and uh, you'll see just how much more visible it is and how clean it is and that how concise the content is. So, all right, y'all, um, if you have questions about discordant data, please send them in and I will answer them to the best of my ability. All right. Uh, I want to shout out to the American Sexual Health Association, y'all. Um, they've been active, at least in the herpes community, since the 1970s. Um, they are a sponsor of the Something Positive for Positive People Conference. If you visit spfpp.org slash conferences, you will be able to learn more about them as well. Um, I invite you to please attend the virtual conference that is the SPFPP first ever virtual conference the theme is sexual health is mental health um and yeah we're we're gonna be we doing this y'all we doing this all right y'all till next time